and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. This week I chatted with longtime friend and fellow Hoosier, Corey Lamping of the band's Hellbender and formerly Hivemind. We've been pals for a long time, and the day we chatted, I'd been up since 5 a.m. on about three and a half hours worth of sleep, so the conversation is pretty silly and a bit punchy on my end, but fun, I think. Speaking of fun, head on over to patreon.com slash human machine and join up for exclusive comics, writings, and even some music that you'll hear way before anyone else, like the new intro track by my project Birthsight. It's also the best way to support the show and help me pay the hosting fees and stuff like that. Thanks so much to everyone who's joined me there already. And now let me play something for you and then we'll get on with the show. You're hearing Get the Fuck Off My Lawn by Hellbender, featuring my pal Corey Lamping on vocals. Check out the EP on Bandcamp at hellbenderin.bandcamp.com. I've, I've chosen to forget most of my childhood, I think. <laughs> um, I don't think it was a terribly remarkable upbringing. Um, very middle class. Um, I have a, an older brother and an older sister, but they're both um, quite a bit older than me. So, you know, I didn't really have, like, uh, siblings that I played with or, like, you know, really hung out with um, during my youth. Uh, my brother and I would like play Pokemon or video games, but that's about it. And he, once he became a teenager, you know, it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was off doing his own thing. Like right here, right now. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes, yeah, I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I always, if we if we're going to bring it back to music, I definitely took my brother's music taste. Um, when I was a kid, uh, he he was like the world's biggest Blink-182 fan. Oh, okay. So I listened to a lot of Blink growing up. Um, I personally was always a bigger Linkin Park fan. Uh, and uh, But I mean, in like probably middle school, early high school is when I started to develop my music taste. It was a lot of like Jimmy Eat World, Blink-182, uh, Sum 41. I liked Sum 41 a lot. And then, uh, yeah. Okay, but going back just like, you know, back to the, you know, childhood. I mean, you said like a lot of that's like sort of, you know, it's lost to whatever. And like I certainly, you know, I've I've seen the tweet or whatever that's like, you know, first you're seven, then you're 13 for a minute. Now you're 30 or whatever. And like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how a lot of my life plays out as well. But, um. Uh, like, you know, I just want to ask because you, you're very into like wildlife now, like, uh-huh. does that stem from anything in your childhood? Were you like, definitely. Yeah. Down My by the dad, creek and fishing and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. My dad's a big hunter and angler and he, uh, 
he always made a point to take us out. Uh, we had like a lake across the street from my house, um, and we'd uh, we'd you know take a boat out there and go fishing. Um, I did a lot of squirrel hunting with my dad when I was young and killed a few deer, you know. But um, yeah, we also had this big nature park kind of down the street from us. It's got like mountain bike trails and a creek and things like that. And uh, we used to go ride our bikes down there and catch snakes or whatever and grab frogs out of the ponds and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, kids kids turned loose in the woods sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, at, at, at my, like, earlier ages, I, I grew up in, in Ohio, and there was, like, a creek uh, basically behind. It was my best friend's house, and then there was a house between us where this older woman lived with, like, her like grown son and um then there was like my house and there was like a creek basically that ran like sort of through the two houses there my my friend's house and this other house and we were always just like going back in there but it was just we always just caught the little crawdads all the time oh yeah we did a lot of that too and we just thought like whoa this is so cool we'd we would put them in a Tupperware, not a Tupperware, but you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, poor poor people Tupperware. Like we had the country crock bins, you know. Uh-huh, we'd, uh-huh. we'd put them in one of those, but we would like let them. We'd let them go after a little bit. We yeah. just wanted to have them for a while. We didn't. Um, like we kind of learned really quickly. Like, oh, they'll die. You can't just leave them in here. You know. Yeah, um, we 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 would do the same for sure. I remember. Uh, Somehow my friends got a hold of a snapping turtle mm. and uh, put it in a aquarium in their backyard. It was not an ideal situation for a snapping turtle at yeah. all. But no, at one I... point it got out and we found it climbing the chain link fence. Oh my! And then it was quite the uh, trick to remove a snapping turtle from a fence. Uh, but I mean, we'd always let everything go. We never uh, intentionally killed anything, anyways. <laughs> I actually had a snapping turtle like for a long time uh like for about five years um mm-hmm. I, I was in i was a freshman in high school i was i still lived in ohio at that time like i was just like right before i moved and um i was at the bus stop and there were there were these kids at the bus stop and i mean i was like a little shit so i don't know what i said to like get these people to leave this turtle alone but there was i remember these kids they were pouring like fucking soda and shit on this turtle it was it was like the size of a 50 cent piece and i just i didn't know it was a snapping turtle i I was like it's a little turtle right so Mm -hmm. i got them to leave it alone and i don't remember like i feel like somebody had some water or something like but I put it in something and a little bit of what, and I took it home and my mom was like, no. And I was like, whatever, you know? And then eventually <laughs> my mom was like, okay, fine. Cause it's all little. And like, you know, like I don't, my mom didn't know what it was either, you know? Right. So like, then it just keeps getting bigger until like, it's until like whatever I would put it in at that time. It was like, getting too big for it and then I get at something bigger by the time I'm like a senior in high school 
and I'm, I live down in Florida now. And, um, like I had in this huge aquarium and it, and I'd let it, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, there was no fucking YouTube. Like I didn't know how to handle this. I just like learned. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like I would take it outside and like let it go in the grass and just chill. And then I was just like pick it back up and bring it back inside. But like anybody c- came into this, into my bedroom except for me, it would fucking freak out and it would snap at the glass and it would like go ape shit, you know? But me, it like, it knew me enough or whatever. And uh, it, I mean, it, it, I seem to remember it still tried to bite me often enough, you know? But <laughs> I just like knew how to, I, I don't know, you know, just like, was fast with my hands or something, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was wild. And then, you know, at some point, like an uncle of mine who, um, was like, he, he's, uh, he's like super big into like fishing and hunting and all that shit. And I was just like, look, I gotta like, let this thing go. And he was like, oh yeah, you should like, I'll look into it and you should be able to like give it to these people or whatever. And so mm-hmm. that's what I am to do. Cause yeah, was this, that fucking thing was huge at the, at some point. And I was just like, like this ain't like, I can't, yeah, you can only, you can only get yeah. a bigger aquarium for so long. Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> go bigger. This thing is as big as my dresser, you know, like what, well, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I uh, the, the turtle's name was Rex. And then people in high school started calling me Rex because like one of my friends, like, knew I had the turtle and just started calling me that because of the <laughs> and so for a while people called me that in high school and uh yeah I don't know silly but uh I <clears throat> I called the uh turtle rex because of the uh comic character Namor the Submariner and he, and what he would yell imperious rex <laughs> but, I don't know because like you know I was because, like, I was a closeted bisexual teenager, and, like, I thought that dude was hot. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm really into this comic book character. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's wild. Like, you know, I love it when I have the opportunity to, like, c- connect w- with these, like, I feel like that's that's not a – this isn't a, a – uh, connection that a lot of people in screamo like we're not going to be like yeah we used to be like dirty ass little kids like running around in the <laughs> you know running around uh-huh. in the creeks and stuff but uh yeah that's a lot of fun um my only brush with that kind of thing now is is uh just the snake that i found in my garage uh <laughs> oh a week or so ago and i i i scared it scared it out of the garage with the toy highlight uh, baton from Target. <laughs> go, <laughs> please go. <laughs> but, uh, I uh, I also have a house snake, but he's welcome. Uh, actually, she she's a big, huge black rat snake. She's like six feet long. Mm. Um, I found her shed when we were like when we bought this house. Um, I found it in the basement. I was like, oh my god, there's a big ass snake living down here. And uh, I've seen her a few times. She like she's seen her out in the yard. Uh, and now she, whenever she sheds her skin, she uses the tires of my car in the driveway to help her push her shed off. So mm-hmm. I'll just like walk out in the morning and there'll be a huge snake skin laying next to my car. Yeah. Can, um, can you but, do anything uh, she, with that or? Not really. No, I mean, I, I have it hanging in my garage, but, yeah. um, 
I saw like yeah, she uh, she eats all our mice, and we don't have a mouse problem, despite living in an old farmhouse that was abandoned uh, and with lots of holes. But no mouse problems because I have a big rat snake who <laughs> keeps it free of mice. Guardian snake, yeah. I saw this. I saw this uh, band that like two of the people in the band like bought a snake like a year and some change ago or whatever because they had this plan to wrap their demo cassette in its shed skin. And so that's what they were doing with this. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. Huh. It's, it's pretty delicate stuff. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it, it falls apart, especially if there's any moisture. Yeah, It has a, I mean, it has like a sort of a standard, like just from the picture, like it has sort of a standard, like shell basic deal or whatever. And this, this, uh, snakeskin is just sort of, wrapped around and possibly glued on there but i was like interesting mm. idea not for me I'm yeah not, that's pretty cool <laughs> not a fan of snakes like uh, i'm really not as like you know as a person that's been vegetarian and or vegan for well over half my adult life like um when i would mow the grass in florida like um and uh and and I'd see a snake and it scared the shit out of me. I'd hit it with the mower, like I like, and I know that's wrong of me, but I I would just be it scared the shit out of me. I would just react like ah, and then snake, yeah, yeah, snake yeah. chunks would be flying. And I, I mean, I wouldn't do that now because I know I know better. Like I'm not, um, I'm not like uh, you're not, not with irrationally, for yeah, snakes. <laughs> I'm not like irrationally afraid. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, right, right. What, like what the fuck did I know about there? There wasn't no Wikipedia, you know, like right. I didn't know that I didn't you know. You couldn't, you couldn't take a picture of it and ask someone on the internet what kind of snake it was. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just like every snake that's in this grass wants to kill me. Like, and, and so it was just like, ah, and yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like how, you know, uh, people don't, people that aren't from like someplace like Florida don't really know, but like, it's like in a week, your grass in Florida is like, I mean, that shit is like, that's real. Like you don't see a snake in there. You don't see mm -hmm. anything in that grass, you know? So it's like, you have that going too, where it's like, you just, you're just fucking startled, like out of your mind. It's just like, <laughs> and you just like, ah, and, uh. Yeah, no. but that is what that is. I'm much kinder to snakes now. I'm much kinder to, you know, everything, I think. Um, although I had no intent to ever harm a snake, I I, I did at some point. <laughs> um, I, I made it, I made up for it with all the snake burgers that I never ate, I think. But uh, yeah, um, you know, we did get started sort of like going down your music trajectory, as it were, and... Um, you know, you were talking about like when you started like developing your own tastes and stuff. Um, and yeah, I suppose like that when you started uh, really getting into like investigating and discovering bands on your own, that was probably right around the time when, you know, everything was sort of at your fingertips on the internet and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely uh, the glory days of the internet back then. Yeah. So how did you, like, how did you go about, like, you know, making, making these, like, more, your first, like, obscure discoveries, like, you know, into the, the stuff that you hadn't, um, like, heard on, like, uh, 
like radio or like you know certain MTV hours or whatever it might have been. Uh-huh. I I remember uh, probably maybe my freshman or sophomore year of high school. Um, I got really into the Foo Fighters for a second, and from there I made the jump to Sunny Day Real Estate. Um, and I remember I had a friend who was like he's a good guitarist and he was. Uh, way deeper into the music thing than I was. And I was like, oh, you ever heard of this band, Sunny Day Real Estate? He was like, oh, hell yeah, I love Sunny Day Real Estate. And he made me a list of bands to check out. And uh, there was a lot of those, like, you know, mid-2000s emo, or mid-2010 emo bands, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, And being from Northwest Indiana, of course, it was like native, grown-ups, um... Antilles, uh, Lion of the North, um, and then a lot of, you know, like other bands that were on like Top Shelf or Count Your Lucky Stars or whatever was, but uh, all those labels around that time run for cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I found DIY. And from there, man, I hit the ground running. Um, I remember it was that moment where I realized, like, oh, I can be involved in a music scene. And I don't have to be, because I don't play an instrument really. I can like fake my way on the drums for half a song. Um, but I was like, I don't have to be a musician to be involved with music. And uh, probably a year later, I started booking shows. Um, it was funny. I uh, just the other day, I stumbled across the very first show me and my friends ever put on. It was at a church in Crown Point, Indiana. And it was, uh, the two headliners were Droughts and Dowsing, um, both huh. bands that still exist today. Um, and this was, you know, like in their very infancies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 2011 was the one that happened. Um, it was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Like, y- you know, like there's all, there's, of course, like plenty of instances where, Cause I mean, dowsing is kind of like big now, right? You know? And so yeah, yeah. if you've been around long enough, there's all, there's always those, like, it's like, I don't know. We played some show, uh, once and, uh, <clears throat> it was just like, a, I don't remember where it was, you know, but there was like nobody there. And there was just like this one other band and that, you know, they were being cool with us and, and they were like, Oh, here's a tape, you know? And I'm like, Oh, here's a seven inch. And, uh, like I enjoyed them. I thought they were, they were good and they were nice, but I just, for whatever reason, I just like had this tape and, and, um, like I never, I never like opened it or whatever. And, um, just like randomly at some point, like I was like selling stuff like on Instagram and I'm just like, Oh, like here's this tape. Like I forgot about this band. Like and it was that band Reno Drive, and I guess they got like really big at some point. And somebody <laughs> was like, "I'll give you forty dollars for that tape," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> you know, it, but, but like before I said yes, I looked it up, and like the tape was legit going for like forty dollars on you know uh, discogs and stuff. So it wasn't like somebody was like, "I'll give you forty dollars for that," and they could have got it for five. Like I, I wasn't, you know, I was hard up, so I was just like okay, I'll take what you're offering me. But like, I wasn't, I wasn't like trying to fleece this person either, you know, like they, they 
came at me and they're like, this is impossible to find. I'll give you this. And I'm like, oh, well, that seems to be what it's selling for. So let's do that. One of my first shows that I ever booked, um, well, it was the first show that I ever booked at like a real place, like, um, and I don't, I don't mean like, like because it was a bar, it's a real place. I just mean because we did book shows, like, uh, well, we didn't. I mean, we didn't have to book it because, right? We just put on shows out out of our practice warehouse. <laughs> so like <laughs> I had done a couple shows like that before, just like renegade, like show up at our practice space and we, and like stand in the parking lot and watch bands play. And we had done that. But the first show that I booked at another location was like less than Jake. And, and it, it was at this like bar that was like, yeah, cool. We'll do it before eight and it'll be all ages. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then like, I mean, and they were a big deal, like, around Florida at that time. But then later, they're in Good Burger, and they're, you know, and it's, like, it's bonkers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. That's, well, that's DIY, that, baby. Yeah, I think <laughs> one of one of those shows we were booking in the early days, we were booking at my friend's mom's garage. It was just, like, real suburban. Uh, we get the cops called on us all the time. It was really funny and kind of weird. People would show up, and they'd be like, what the hell are we playing at tonight? Um, but we booked tiny moving parts at one point and at that time, nobody knew who they were. They were just this, like, uh, just another emo band, you know? And then, uh, at some point they, they're huge now, like massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I saw like a flyer that like they were co-headlining some fest with Appleseed cast. And I was like, no, no offense like, but uh, they they do not. They I don't know. No thank. No like no. <laughs> like <laughs> apple seed cast. That you know make what I'm sense. saying? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like aside from you know the controversy with tiny moving parts and all that. And like I'm I'm not gonna get into that. Like y'all y'all got Google and make up your own mind about that. So even aside from all that, you know I I, I won't weigh in on that like they just don't know like Appleseed <laughs> cast come on like yeah it's like you know a landmark band yeah yeah like they're i mean how long have they been doing it they've been doing it since like 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 captain jazz days and shit right yeah I at mean, least mid 90s yeah i mean they're one they're of a jade the, tree band right um i mean they're one of those they uh, yeah uh, uh Definitely they were on like all those emo diaries or whatever, you know, like, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the originals. Like don't, yeah, no, (laughs) it's like, I guess guess you got to capture all the, all the age demographics on your fest. Right. Right. It's just like, I don't know. It's just wild. Like 
And I mean, this is another thing where it's like I'm not speaking to like the quality of of these acts or anything, but when you see like Ghost and Danzig or whatever, and you're like, what? Like, I don't. Yeah, no. Like, or the <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Misfits and and Ghost, right. and you're like, I've never even heard Ghost. Like, I know what they I know what they look like. This isn't a, <laughs> this isn't a quality like uh, this isn't a quality observation in any way. It's just like. To some degree, you're just like, would you, would this other band even be here? Like, I mean, you know, in theory they would, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. on, come on now, you know, <clears throat> come on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, I love how derailed that just got, but um, you know, that's the way it is. Um, yeah, so you're like booking shows, but then, I mean. It's not. It's probably not too long before you're just like, "Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Why don't I start putting out tapes for bands?" I mean, yeah, yeah. That's pretty I, much I, it, right? I was just kind of like, uh, "Well, I know all these people, and you know, how do I besides booking shows? Like, how do I contribute to the scene without being in a band?" And uh, I was like, "Well, I'll just dub tapes in my bedroom," you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's what I did. Dubbed some tapes in my bedroom. Uh, put out some some really great records, actually. That you know, some of them still hold up. Uh, I did the William Bonnie discography, which was a mess and a half. Uh, <laughs> what was what was the mess about that? Um, I mean, it wasn't the band. Uh, they were they were great and sweet to work with. I actually saw Jack recently, but uh, so I, it was like a split release between me and. Uh, Oh, what was Allen's label called? Oh, Friendly Otter. Friendly Otter. Yeah. And uh, we we each dubbed our own set of tapes. And so I dubbed all my tapes, and then Allen dubbed his. Olin, Allen, I'm not sure. Um, and I sold my, like, 15 copies. They sold out immediately, obviously. Uh, gave the band the rest. They picked up their tapes in Chicago, and then they went on tour. Apparently, none of Olin's tapes played. They were all blank. Uh, and then somehow, William Bonnie ended up losing all of their tapes somewhere in Texas. <laughs> and so, of the, like, I think we pressed 100 or 150, something like that, maybe 30 of them are still in existence today that actually play music. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Like, um, I think the thing was like Olin like had a, a run in with some some uh, some some pretty unreliable uh, duplication machines. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. I, don't know. I had a I had a Yusuke tape that because uh, I did like their first like recording or whatever, right? So like they sent me this Yusuke tape and. Um, it was a. Uh, there was just like spots in the dubbing, like it was, it was just, it started like, fifteen seconds into the song, which you could chalk up to like you didn't, wind past the, uh, the the intro reel part or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's that called? The feeder or something? I don't know. I'm not you, sure. You know what I'm talking about? The part that's colored that says you can't tape on this. This is, the, mm-hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> so you could chalk that up to that. But then there was just like holes in the dubbing. And and uh, I, I just uh, contacted Olin being like, 
hey, just so you know, like, because other people will complain about this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, but, you know. And, um, yeah, I think that was just one of those things. I mean, I had I that think I think we had a similar before. problem because um, he, he helped with or they helped with the HiveMind demo. Um, and I think the tapes that they duplicated, some of them didn't play. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know something's going on with their equipment, but well, there was this other thing too, right? Like, and I don't, I can't pinpoint the time, uh, that this happened. I'm going to guess it was around 2018. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that timing works with your, um, your experience either. But, um, so here's, here's the thing is, um, at some point the, the, the actual tape that they used to dub tapes became like, they essentially like everybody just ran out, right? So, mm-hmm. and there was this whole thing about it, and so <clears throat> they had to come up with a new like way to make it, and it and it's and it. Was, oh yeah, I think I heard about yeah, this. Yeah, it was different, right? So the thing is, like NAC and stuff, where where a lot of people were getting their blanks, and I certainly was. They were selling people these tapes these blanks and and they i mean to be fair to them they had no reason to believe that they wouldn't work correctly through all machines but mm-hmm. they didn't they they obviously couldn't like they also couldn't have tested cuz they were they were making this tape like themselves right so oh, like, wow. they couldn't test it from with every tape that's available off of eBay for you know tape machines since like 1970s mm-hmm. in Russia or whatever like you've <laughs> seen some of the machines that people are getting right it's fucking wild you're like what is that like that came from a church in like you know Alabama and it and it's it they've been using that since 1960 you know it's like there's some really like if you search like tape duplicator you can see some really wild shit right so they can't mm-hmm. test it with all those so finally, after they've been selling this, and like, this is the part that you can fault them on. They never told anybody this is this new thing that we're selling. Like, it might not work. They just were selling it like it was the same thing, right? Mm. So at some point, maybe that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. At some point, they straight up. I went there to order blanks, and they were like, "We we're not selling blanks at the moment." And they came clean. Like, this is what's happened. We we're having reports that. It's not working with all duplicators. And around that same time, I had had a couple complaints as well. And I was like, shit, you know? And um, because I usually usually definitely test like the first couple that I always do, right? And make Mm -hmm. sure everything's cool. And um, I don't know, maybe just this one instance, like I didn't. And I I just was in a hurry and I let some go. And and I had someone like, yeah, there's, there's like one side of this is like real weird and like one speaker is real weird and the other one is fine. And I don't know, it was just this weird thing. And then I went back the next time to be like, I need tapes. And cause I thought it was just a machine going weird or something. And it was like, we've received reports, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, you know? So well, I bet that's what was going on, you know, yeah. maybe like, cause I think, I think Olin used like an array of tape decks that were all daisy chained together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's like one of those tape decks wasn't liking that tape or whatnot. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's huh. just, yeah, it's, it's wild. I, I definitely don't mean to like talk shit on friendly. Oh, no, right? no. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's like saying that this isn't something that 
like couldn't have happened to anybody. You know, I'm certainly yeah. saying that I think it kind of happened to me uh, at least once, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah but it's just... Of all, of all the 2012 tape label drama, I think this is the this most is, minor. This is... <laughs> This is milk toast. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> uh, we're sorry. We'll try to send you another one. Like, damn you, burn in hell. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just, I just found that whole like scenario so wild. Like, you're like, wait a minute. This same like basic system has been in place as long as there's been cassettes and they're having the materials to make all this stuff through all the ebbs and flows, like cassettes at their most popular to now they're sort of coming back. And now it's just like, you can't do that anymore. Like that fucking blew my <laughs> mind, right? It's just like the shit with the lacquers with vinyls now, like with vinyl, it like the lacquers are just like, you can only get them from like one place or something. Like there's some real wild drama with like the lacquers and that's partially responsible for the slowdowns and it's just like wait we're going on like what like you know 80 years of of the production of this stuff and it's just like well <laughs> it was a good run <laughs> we're gonna have to figure some other shit out now you know yeah well i guess i guess now you know it's a commercially viable medium again but Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a while where they were just like, "Well, I guess we'll just keep making these till we run out of this stuff." And, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, right when that happens, there's actually a demand for them. <laughs> yeah, further a while, they're just like, "Well, as long as the punk rockers keep wanting this stuff." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that and that was it. And then now it's like, "Oh, we need two million copies of the new like Taylor Swift." You're like, okay. Um, like i guess i guess everybody else can you know eat an exhaust like forget it yeah it's wild that's a play on the whole uh jet drama that was a that was just a quick one you know that was was for the that was like the easter egg there um but uh yeah it's um it's wild and um i like uh you didn't you didn't do a ton of vinyl, but I know one piece of vinyl that you do that like I mean, not that the William Bonnie thing, not that that's like not whatever, but that father figure Marcy split, I mean that is Oh, it's so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is when that Mar- when that Marcy dropped, when that first thing for the first time, I was like this is the band that will reignite the genre and like they didn't stick with what they were doing originally everything they did was fucking cool like i'm not saying that they didn't stick with what they were doing originally but i mean in another world they made an lp that's just like that first seven inch and that is like my favorite thing ever you know yeah i i remember the same thing when when i heard that marcy ep because they released it just on Bandcamp by itself and then later they added the father figure side but Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, holy shit, this band is going to be huge. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I liked all their, their other releases, but it definitely was in a different vein of, mm-hmm. than, than the, that first thing. And especially like kudos to them to just being like, nah, we'll do whatever the fuck we want, you know? Cause like, yeah, for sure. I don't know. You don't, you don't get that enough. Like, I mean, I'm still writing the same kind of songs 10 years later cause I only know how to write one kind of song, 
but like <laughs> but like you know like i i don't know you know i don't know somebody called me out once like i think i've heard one of your parts in more than one of your songs and i'm like well i guess i needed to do that one again i mean i don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> like i guess i wasn't done with it you know but uh yeah that that one's that one's just uh wow what a record but um yeah yeah i mean you know uh was it just the usual stuff that made you take a step back from that or was it just like because that's the time you started playing in bands also that you're just like well i'm gonna i'm gonna work on this side instead i think i just realized i wasn't good at running a label Mm -hmm. uh you know i had other things going on i was in college and um i didn't have uh a lot of not that you need a lot of financial resources, but I didn't have, I wasn't willing to put the money in to make things professional and, uh, to, I didn't know how to promote anything effectively without already having some sort of a platform. And, uh, anyways, just like, Oh, this is probably, Oh, my dogs are playing. Uh, this is probably best left to somebody who's better at it. And, uh, just kind of shut down shop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, no, it's it's that's an interesting like that's an interesting perspective that you that you were like, well, I'm not. I mean, you didn't use these terms, so maybe I'm reading this wrong. But like, you're like, I'm not doing this justice because I'm not able to elevate it in this certain way. When like, I almost find the inverse to be. Um, more like i don't like i don't want everything to be like in a jacket with that's like i that looks looks the same as everything else in the shop next to it you know what i mean like yeah and i don't well, mean towards like, the end there i was trying to do like a lot of like really cool packaging oh yeah uh, i was really that. inspired by like kid sister everything who Harrison was, you know, screen printing and folding all of his own cases for everything. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you have uh, the Cloudmouth seven or I, I think it's a ten inch. Yeah, I absolutely do. That is uh, keep well. That is uh, honestly top, one of the best records ever released. Top, and like top five the packaging inches. is yeah. fucking amazing. I'm gonna pull it yeah. out right now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Top top five ten inches like ever. Like incredible. But like what? Yeah. I mean, skull split what? Like that—that's the record, you know. That uh-huh. I mean, wow. Like, and you know, what's funny is I remember way back in the day, like Harrison was like, "You're the Akamili demo is what made me realize that you can make a packaging however the fuck you want to," and I was mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck?" Like nobody. I don't know. Like everybody kind of knows about that band, but like nobody like really loves that band. But it's wild the stories that I get from like Bobby Marcos was like, "Hey, Camille's the reason why I play in bands," you know. And I'm like, and then Harrison and like, who who is like one of the most like inventive like printmeisters that I know. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like it's it's truly like humbling what those five songs like 
the impact that they the the silent impact you know i don't i don't know how to how else to describe yeah, them. It's like, they were never a band they're not like getting press nobody's talking about them but if you tell people like oh yeah this cloud mouth 10 inch they're like that's my favorite record you know no yeah so many people are like that quiet is the best song ever written yeah. but nobody nobody like you know you don't you're not going to run across people talking about it uh on a, on a you know any sort of anywhere where you might run across people talking about other bands it's they're very much kind of a hidden gem you know yeah well they were lots like... of people love it but it's 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 very personal They were like pre screamo bands as internet personalities, like, but also the Harmon brothers were so like chill and like, you know what I mean? Like they would have never been. Yeah. I don't think I ever met any of them. I saw them play maybe once or twice. We played with them Um, like quite a few times and just always like incredible band, like great, like relaxed conversations and i mean their drummer zach like was just into like really interesting like percussive music and uh excuse me got me turned on to some real really cool like percussion you know based like um compilations and stuff and just like whoa like this you know the there's 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 like whole like like just like fields of music out there that have nothing to do with like guitars and like you know what i'm saying like yeah um, yeah yeah very cool and like all three of them extremely like kind and and uh welcoming and what just like what an incredible band like Everybody knows who Shopmaker is, right? But I mean, I never saw Shopmaker play, but I can guarantee you that Cloudmouth was like as good as Shopmaker ever was live. <laughs> you know, like they were that yeah. good live. They definitely, would... I know I definitely saw them once, and they were, I mean, just like the sheer power mm-hmm. um, was off the charts. Yeah, they basically like, 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 they were one of the first bands that I saw that like, you know, they were setting, they were sitting like the, the fucking Ampeg fridges on their side and like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and just like fucking three people just like blowing your face off. But yeah, great band. Um, so, I mean, it, so was it like, right? Like as you were finishing with college that you like, finally were you, you were like, 
all right, you know, it's time for me to start playing in bands. Like, what was the like big thing that got you over that? Like, I'll do this from the sides to like, no, this is something I want to get involved in. I, th- I think I had always like had that desire, but um, didn't really feel like I was good enough to be in a band or whatever. And then, especially when I got into like some real like lo-fi screamo shit, like uh, I don't know, Line of the North comes to mind as like a big inspiration because like I was like, oh, I can just fucking yell, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't have to sound good. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, I was. I had always I've, the the genesis of Five Minds started with me and Steve Garcia. Um, and Steve's now playing in Chaff and I think maybe one or two other bands. Um, what's the, what's the metal band? Oh, I can't remember. Chaff. And then he plays in, uh, what are they called? Basher. Uh, they're like a crusty mm. kind of black metal band. And maybe, maybe uh, it's just like, maybe it's just like, I'm confused because I thought maybe it's like one of those logo things where I thought the name of the band was something else. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like there was, I know there was like a, you know, there was like a metal band, like a straight up metal band. Is that the band? Chaff? Oh, I think you played with them. They were very short lived. Um, I can't remember their name, but they only played like one or two shows. Oh, okay. They were okay. like a death metal band, like an old school death metal band. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, they didn't last very long. Okay. Um, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, it was, it was Steve and I, I was like, I want to start a screamo band and, Steve was really into Screamo at the time. And uh, not long after, we ended up moving in together and uh, took us quite a few tries to find a good lineup for the other half of the band. Um, but uh, eventually settled on Decker and Dwayne. And uh, we did what we did for a few years. And some people liked it, and most people didn't. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. I remember when the, uh, when the, the demo or did that have a title? I'm sorry. I can't remember. No, no. The first tape is just a demo. Okay. Yeah. I remember when that came out. I mean, a lot of people that I, I knew, you know, were sharing it and stuff, which was a good, you know, metric at the time to, you know, say, Hey, people like this. So, yeah, I think I think yeah. people definitely liked it, but it, I think we were one of those bands people listen to. And they say this is good, and then you know, put it down and don't pick it up again. You're one uh, of those bands that people listen to, and then they release a split seven inch on Middleman Records and break up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we 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 took a time tested approach. A time time honored <laughs> tradition. <laughs> yeah, of uh, releasing releasing a record on Middleman and then breaking up. It's a uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm picturing like a, a a a an an elderly gentleman type narrating a scene that looks like it's from the Napa Valley and a time honored tradition. You know, <laughs> <laughs> release your seven inch on Middleman Records and then. Hey, hey Edie, you want to spend right? a bunch of money on yeah. us? You're never gonna recoup. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I know that there's just a bunch of money you're dying to spend. Um, but no, the seven inch we're talking about is a split with what of us. I mean, it's a, it's an absolutely great seven inch. What of us, like people that know them, love them. Not enough people know them in my opinion. Cause until, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites. 
until I don't have any records left, then I don't think that enough people know them. You know, that's just, I mean, yeah. the, like, the split. You, you just got to start marketing it as members of Seisha now. Oh, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, members of Seisha. Ex-Seisha. Members of Seisha and. Seisha. Uh... Um, <laughs> members of Seisha and Thursday. And, yeah, there uh, you yeah, go. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what we did with them. Like that, their side of the 12 inch is like, I mean, that is just, it's flawless. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, and it was, it's funny too, because, you know, especially at that time when like, like band posting on social media was just like, oh, this is what this is a thing that we can do. We can post about our bands here. Like it was just like coming up right now. It's like, that's yeah. the only reason that social media exists. But like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking into a mirror right now, but anyway, um, like, uh, it, it was just like, nobody, nobody here, like nobody hears anything about this. Right. And then, then Tom's like my new band, like somebody recorded a, our set and, and, you know, he links to the video and I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever fucking heard. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> it was, and it was just like, it was so just like, yeah, you know, this is, a, here's this thing. And you're like, yeah, I like, I love it. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I remember after Hive Mind, like you, you know, you, you said before, you're like, oh, I can like half-ass drums. But I thought that there was a while where you were like really trying to get a band going where you were playing drums. Did that, was that a thing that, or was that just like, I want to do this? I don't know. I don't really remember no? that. Oh, maybe, maybe at some point I posted something about wanting to play drums because I think I was trying to learn drums. Okay. And I was like, well, I'm not going to make myself practice unless I'm in a band. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so. the thing. I mean, I don't know. It's like I love I love playing the drums and I'm probably okay, but like I haven't touched them in two months. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> and I mean part of that is because I just recorded vocals for like twenty something songs, you know? Like I mm-hmm. it's just like I don't I don't spend two hours screaming down here and then <clears throat> and then just be like, you know it would be great now. <laughs> if I get behind the drum set, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like, I wish I had that kind of energy still, but like, sure. Um, you've, you've been playing drums long enough that you can take a few months off and not lose that much skill. I'm sure. I, I hope so. I mean, it doesn't feel that way. Every time when I get right back behind them, I'm like, ho oh, oh. <laughs> ho, was I, <laughs> was I ever any good? I don't <laughs> I think maybe I was, you know, I'm having like that, uh, Berenstain bears effect on my skills here. I was like, like, am I sure I played on those records? Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's just something I thought I thought I remember, but it must have just been like, I you were like I want to do this, and I was like I was like projecting that that this was something you were like in the middle of or something. Um, but yeah, so between Hive Mind and Hellbender, which is the new thing, like. Um, you know, there was like a lot of time there. And um, yeah. obviously like uh, a lot of that probably has to do with, you know, COVID and everybody's, how everybody's like learning to, you know, 
live with that now and stuff. Um, but also like, you know, I know that your, that your, your job, like you, you became involved in something that is, uh, much more like serious and meaningful to you. So, um, did that also have a, an impact on, on, you know, you seeking out like new, um, musical endeavors? Yeah. Uh, you know, after hive mind, I kind of like purposefully took a step back from DIY music. You know, I stopped booking shows or at least as many shows and, um, wasn't really actively trying to be in a serious band or do any touring or anything like that. Um, kind of, you know, I got a, a real person job and, uh, kind of devoted myself to some other crafts and, uh, things. And, uh, but I think it was, tw- it was either 2018 or 2019. Uh, some friends and I did a Halloween cover set of system of a down. And, uh, that was really the, the genesis of, of Hellbender. Um, it was the first time I met, uh, Noah, who's our drummer. Uh, he drummed for us and, uh, our other friend Jeremy played guitar and, uh, Tina, who's now in Hellbender, was also on guitar. So it was almost all of Hellbender. <laughs> um, okay. Parker came later, and uh, we played that System of Down cover set. Man, we just had so much fun. And I was like, Noah's a fucking amazing uh, drummer, and Jeremy is like one of the most talented metal guitarists I've ever met. And I was like, we need to, we need to start a grindcore band. <laughs> 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 and uh, so we, we actually... Um, Hellbender goes back to at least 2019 pre-COVID. Yeah, um, I saw like a post. I think Noah w- said like these songs were like two years in the making. And, yeah. And when I opened the album to listen to the album, I was like, "What? What am I? You know, I thought there was going to be like this huge drop. And like that's not to say like I'm not trying to discount anything that." got in the way of this happening but like what was it mostly covid that like stayed in the way of this or was it just was was there a lot of fine-tuning like member movement stuff like that yeah yeah we uh we didn't have a bassist for a long time and um kind of cycled through a couple people but nobody really serious was playing bass and uh covid definitely um knocked us out of commission for a while i don't think we practiced for like six months at one point mm-hmm. um but uh, it was just a it was a slow writing process a lot of us just taking our time at the writing not trying to rush anything um uh, we wrote probably a few other songs that we've since abandoned um and uh it took yeah it took us a few years to get off the ground get a set ready get a get a bassist and uh I'm I'm glad we waited because I think if we had recorded these songs two years ago, we probably would not have produced as uh, noteworthy of a recording. Yeah, did they go through a lot of changes, the songs themselves, <laughs> or did the, it, everybody just got like more comfortable with each other and the songs got tighter? Or yeah, the songs we we tightened up a lot, you know. Uh, it, we were pretty pretty sloppy for a while there. I think we were writing songs that were maybe beyond our caliber of playing, 
um, I know it really, it really made Noah a lot better drummer, um, to be playing a lot of like long blasts and, uh, long double, double kick parts and, uh, has really built up his stamina. And Jeremy comes at, uh, music from a very metal perspective, like death metal, technical, you know, tech death sort of thing. And, uh, to try to get Jeremy to play him maybe more punk or more crusty, uh, grindy sort of style. Took a while for him to figure that out. And, um, is that who busts out the ripping solos in there? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, the, the, one, so, right? the solo in Donkeys, Donkeys Aren't Monkeys, is, uh, that's all Jeremy. Okay. And then there's kind of a, a noisy solo over the breakdown in Human Battery, and that's actually Parker. Um, oh, okay. Parker's a very uh, noisy, atonal, sloppy, angular guitarist. And uh, it took that, I think it took Parker a long time to, um, like, I think they were very intimidated by Jeremy's technical skill and mm. not trying to diss Parker. Parker's a really amazing and great guitarist, but uh, two very different styles of guitar playing. And, uh, but we've been writing some new songs and Parker's just been busting out these weird, noisy, atonal things that just sound amazing. Um, Sometimes when you have like people that are approaching these things from such different backgrounds or, or whatever, like you can, I don't know, it's like you, you can have this apprehension where it's like it takes you a while to just be like is it okay if i try this like yeah 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 i mean and the and the communication can be fine like but it's just like you still might just be like eh, you know whereas like to to get to that point where you where you're where you're like having that band symbiosis that like half half formed like you know, mental communication of like being a band and anticipating each other's like moves and stuff it is, uh, yeah, it like that takes a while to get to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely now, you know, we all know what the other person is going to want from it mm -hmm. and, uh, and how I think it took us a long time to find a way to balance like Jeremy's technical riffage and, uh, Parker's, you know, kind of sloppy, atonal thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now that we have, I think it's, I think it's cool. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not going to say it's like the greatest thing I've ever heard because it's certainly not. But I think it's pretty unique. Not a lot of bands are doing that sort of thing. Right. No, I, I think that you know, like, there's something genuinely like, like you, you. I don't know. You know, like I. I'm like, I don't know if this is like 100, like there's something very, like there's a lot of, like, I'm obsessed with this idea, like about like the, the spirit of like play, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of that, like, and it, it's present in the artwork for the album as well. You know, you're like, this is, this is a band that like, like you, you okay? They're gonna go the fuck off, right? But like, this is play as well, 
Like this is yeah. Oh, we we. This is a I, form I, of we're joy. Going into it. I was like, I do not want to be in a band that I take as seriously as Hive Mind. Yeah. Um, where I'm going to put hours into writing the lyrics and making sure everything's perfect and uh, like fine tuning our image. I just want to have fun with my friends. Right. And so and, you have this one guitar player that's like, I'm going to be nanoseconds within the range of the kick drum, like on every song. And you have the other guitar player that's like, I am going to hit my guitar with the closest thing that I have on hand. And, um, you know, it works. And there's a sense of play there that you're like, you know, it feels novel. Like it feels like, okay, we've heard, we've heard stuff like this, but this is, this is something like to return to. This is, this is, you know, this is fun. Yeah. We hope, I hope, you know, we have a lot of fun. And, uh, and that's, that's the way I want it. I want us to be a fun band, you know, uh, we're, uh, kind of always half joking, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to play in this band and I'm, I really enjoy it. Awesome. So like, you know, the thing about, uh, the thing about, coming to the ends of these chats is I always have to ask some question like what's next or whatever. And, and generally speaking, I'm always having these conversations after something just happened. Cause it's like, what better time to do this than when you just drop something, people missed it, go check it out. Right. So I'm always like, Hey, I know you just did this thing that <clears throat> you said took a really long time to do, but like, when's the next thing, you know, like Jan- <laughs> Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? But like, you said that everybody's more comfortable now. Songs are coming along better. Like, is uh, <clears throat> and it doesn't sound like the band's going anywhere. So, what, what if any goals or or plans do you have for for this year that um you could let people in on? Um. Well, we're uh, we're actively writing now. I think we've got um, one song pretty much done. Uh, we've just whipped together in the last three or four practices and. Um, just going to write a few more songs after, you know, three years of playing the same songs. I think we're kind of tired of some of them. So we're going to try to, uh, put some new songs in the set and just keep on doing it. Um, I don't, I don't, we don't have any plans to do any big tours or anything like that, but, uh, play some shows, write some songs, uh, hopefully with, uh, more speed than we <laughs> it took us to release this first batch of songs. Yeah. Very fair. Um, is there anything you'd like to say before we take off? Um, well, I think I should, would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention how much of an inspiration you uh, were to me as a, as a youth. Oh. Um, seeing Coma was always um, a highlight and uh, interacting with you, you always... Uh, we're such a sweetie and uh, really supportive of everything I've ever done and uh, can't thank you enough, you know? Well, thank you. <laughs> That's very kind. That warms my heart, especially because, you know, like there's so few Hoosiers that I uh, <laughs> that I still feel like a really uh, nice connection with. Uh, that means a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's one more thing that I have to say, and this comes from Dev, is that you two have to get up to ZBR Fest. 
Yes, I think that I think <laughs> I t- we're planning on it. I told them that I would uh, harass you about that, and so that's what I'm doing. And um, I was I was trying to get Dave to let Hellbender to play, but he was like, "Oh gosh. man, there's like 150 bands vying yeah. for these last four spots." And I was like, "Don't worry, don't put us on." Then yeah. nobody knows who we are yet. It had it had to be wild. It had to be wild. Like I think people were asking from the start of like the end of last the last fest. So anyway, I hope I do see you there. And thanks again for chatting. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to get up there. Yeah, thanks for thanks for asking to, to talk. It's always good to, good to have a chat with you. Amazing. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Corey Lamping. Thank you so much, Corey, for taking the time to chat with me. I've got another exciting conversation lined up for next week. But until then, head over to patreon.com slash humanmachine and see what I've been up to. Until next time, take care and do good things.